Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're giving you all of our thoughts, our scouting notes, everything from what we saw on day one of Senior Bowl practices right here in Mobile, Alabama. We're talking about the guys who really helped out their stock, guys that stood out in the best way and why. Where are they going up the draft boards? Where are they going in their positional rankings? So many different things. Guys of all shapes and sizes standing out for different reasons. It's always a good time talking about who stood out early here in Mobile, Alabama, so we're going to get right to it. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is Connor Rogers. Joining you guys from Mobile, Alabama, the site of the 2023 Senior Bowl, as it is every year. Connor and I were here watching practice from day one, and uh, we had to give you guys some updates. It's, it's going to be a little bit different of a schedule this week. We said this on the Monday podcast. The uh, the, the pod schedule is going to be uh, unusual. I, I think we're, gonna just, we're just going to try sure. to give you updates whenever we possibly can. But, uh, Connor, we are in beautiful Mobile, Alabama. It was actually sunny yesterday, as some of you Too might sunny. Be able to tell from a potential sunburn that you can see if you're watching this on YouTube from your boy, uh, who did not plan accordingly. But, uh, Connor, how are we feeling today, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm not going to lie. The first thing I did when I woke up this morning was the pharmacy opened at 730 and I bought sunscreen today because I was not ready for that. I've gotten texts that it's snowing up in the Northeast and I'm down here like, well, I wasn't ready, but uh, it was good. We're, we're excited. Like you said, a little bit of a different week for us because we want to do it the right way. We had to jump on as soon as we can after day one, which full transparency, I think both teams were getting their feet under them. It felt like for about 80% of the practices, which is mm-hmm. understandable. And then you and I will jump on at the end of the week. We're looking more towards later on Friday to recap the entire thing rather than trying to nibble from each practice. You and I are both running around out here. We also want the show to be of its highest quality. Today, as everybody can see, we're in our our little setups that we figured out down here in Mobile. But it's been good, buddy. All right, so let's just jump right into it. I mean, you and I just kind of really want to have a conversation about some players. It's not going to be as much of a risers and fallers. Yeah. as it, it, It's more just going to be pointing out what we saw, like like why guys were standing out in good ways or bad ways, which um, I guess you could categorize like that. But uh, there's just so many ways that you can go about the Senior Bowl, and we kind of really just wanted to have an open conversation and let it lead to us talking about whoever we wanted to talk about from what we saw in day one. There's two more days of practice, so obviously there's a lot of things to get to. You mentioned how the coaching staff yesterday talked to these players and tried to reassure them, yes, this is a job interview. Like, yes, the Senior Bowl is a big deal. Like, I I know there's a lot of pressure on this week, but the coaches were like, come back tomorrow and just be loose, be confident, Mm -hmm. have fun is what their entire message was from yesterday. So I think we're going to get a lot of great reps here over these next two days of practices. But from day one, which is often a crucial day, tell me somebody who stood out. Tell me who you want to get to right away. Almost a what matters most here from day one of the Senior Bowl. Which players do you want to talk about first? Man, I look at two skill guys, right? That one I watched over the summer in Andre Yosevas and, you know, out of Princeton, mm-hmm. the track the track background is elite, so you get excited about that. Watched him over summer and was like, okay, this is going to be a small school guy that's going to be on the radar for a lot of people. And hopefully he goes through the all-star circuit because – Coming out of Princeton, which has produced plenty of NFL players, it's no knock on Princeton, but everybody's going to want to see him against a higher level of competition. And he had a really, really good final season for Princeton. It was his most productive one yet. He almost got to that thousand yard marker. And then you look at him down on the practice field here yesterday. And this, the first day is a good 
feeling out Trevor for, okay, who looks like the best athlete on the field? Right. I, right, I think right. it, it is. You could see guys moving differently. Number one, he, he had a win from the very beginning. He came in at six, two, seven, eight, 212 pounds. That's a lot bigger than he played a lot of his majority of career at Princeton. At, as far as I know, where when I did data, data entry over the summer, they listed him at six, two, I think 200 pounds. So when you're that much bigger than you're listed, it's just it goes to show you that he's been putting in the work to get bigger, stronger. Mm-hmm. He apparently got taller, which is always a nice aspect of it. <laughs> he's on the Princeton track team and has sprinter speed. I just thought he looked good out here. He looked fast. He looked big. He played big. He was running by people. That's something that you can walk away with from day one and go, I just like the look of that guy. And this here's the thing, Trevor, that I've talked about with a lot of people, and it's probably because of the niche world I live in with the Jets a lot where the Jets are going to probably move on from Corey Davis and everybody's looking for a big wide receiver. And I think all draft fans listening to this will be fascinated. This is a small receiver class. All 90% of the top you know, 15 guys are really slot guys or a right. lot of slot guys. And Quentin Johnson, of course, is somebody that plays outside, but it's a lot of slot guys. So everybody's looking for that six foot two, six foot three wide receiver that can shoot up the boards. I thought Yosebis looked really, really smooth out here. Yeah, I, I know that uh, Mike Renner liked him a lot as well. You know, when we did our first recap show uh, right after day one, he was somebody who was on his list as somebody to mention who would be a riser on the day. And kind of to your point, I'll stick with wide receiver. And I said that this conversation was kind of going to be fluid. It wasn't going to be necessarily ranked. And you mentioning that a lot of the best wide receivers in this class feel like smaller slot guys. I'll say two players that really stood out to me in day one, Rasheed Rice from SMU. Now, the quarterback play... How do I say this nicely? Uh, was is not as good this year as it has been in years and he, past. And he specifically that. did not get help on day one. Correct. And Rasheed Rice, you guys got to understand this about the SMU wide receiver. You know, six feet tall, over 200 pounds. Like, he's an X guy. Like, he's somebody who can play on the sideline, can play on the line of scrimmage, can get off press. And a lot of what his bread and butter is, is simply stacking these guys, winning at the catch point, winning with strength. But in order to showcase that kind of ability – your quarterback kind of has to trust you, right? They have to be able to throw you the ball even when you're not quote-unquote open. So Rasheed got a couple of opportunities to show that, but not really. I just felt like the chemistry and the accuracy wasn't there, which I will say rarely is on day one. So it's hard for those wide receivers to really stand out. But for what Rasheed Rice could have done, I think, on day one, I do still think that he showed that ability. He showed you that he is a confident, strong wide receiver who can play as an outside guy. So I think that he is to note as a player who's not a slot receiver who stood out in in, in day one of the senior bowl. And there's another receiver, a guy that I got to do a lot more research on. Michael Wilson, the wide receiver from Stanford, yes. six foot two, 205 pounds. And I'll tell you, man, a route running master yesterday and not just when i'm talking about getting in and out of his breaks creating separation deeper down the field i'm talking about his releases as well he absolutely cooked his teammate guy blue kelly uh on one of the reps that we saw from yesterday it was a little bit of stanford friendly it was like a friendly fire it's like yeah you guys are supposed to help each other relax you know it is it is kind of a cliche you hear all the time uh like some media members will go up to one of these prospects and they'll be like Oh, you know, how is it? Uh, 
what's it like going through this process, you know, with your teammate here with you? And the and the player always says like, oh, you know, it's it's great. You know, it's a familiar face. They always give me confidence. Michael Wilson is like, yeah, I probably cook. I, I cook his ass. He's helping me out here. And Kyle Kelly's probably like, come on, man, you got to help me out here. But no, I'm I'm obviously just messing there. But I am trying to highlight how great it was to see Wilson get off the line of scrimmage, create separation, even immediately right as the ball is snapped. That's something that's super impressive. I'm not calling him Devontae Adams, but like that's the stuff that Devontae Adams does so well, right? He'll get the mm-hmm. footwork where guys are just they're 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 panicking right off the bat because they don't know where this guy's gonna go. They don't know where the footwork's taking him. What's deception? What's actually getting into the route? All that. And so he just did a really great job of even after his releases attacking cornerbacks blind spots getting him to turn their hips the wrong way all that stuff you just saw he had a mastery of the position that i really think stood out now why haven't we talked about him before on this podcast why have maybe you guys not heard him before if you're listening to this well he's only played in 14 games over the last three years because of injury played in four games four games and then six games this past year so he was kind of getting back to things but connor as we know from tanner mckee's scouting report Stanford's offense just was not doing much this year. Like, like it just was not a good offense overall. So he really wasn't able to showcase his skills. And this is a perfect place for him to do that. So that's just totally a player who is a major standout from day one for me and a guy that I got to go back and watch the tape of because I was super impressed with what he was able to do. It's funny you bring him up. And I know you watched a lot more of him yesterday than me. He was one of those guys. And this is always a, a thing I find very funny during senior bowl. It happens to me every year where I asked people sitting next to me twice, who was that? The first time it was, I was like, what the hell was that? And they like, look at the roster and they're like, you know, and then I did it again, like 10, 15 minutes later. I'm like, okay, now I got to like, know at this point. (laughs) So it was, it was, it's a very big compliment when you make that kind of impact. And like you said, Trevor, what a fascinating process he's going to go through when you Mm -hmm. have that limited playing time due to an injury history and a bad offense and so many variables that did not go your way. But then you just look the part, you play the part against a higher level of, not a higher level of competition, but a good level of competition. I mean, there's a lot of talent out here, which kind of brings me to another fascinating case. And shout out to the YouTube comments, because I feel like they've been giving this guy a lot of love since we did the running backs how about Roshan Johnson from Texas? I mean, it's it's gotten to the point where, and I'll raise my hand and be guilty that I even, I, he wouldn't have been, I don't think, a top five running back for me on our early show, mm. but I think it would have been a lot closer, a lot closer than I would like to admit at the time. And that's not a reaction from one day of practice because when I saw him at practice yesterday, then I, last night I got home and I was like, let me watch more of him. And because we're going to eventually do our full running back preview, which isn't the top five, it's all our running backs. I'm at the point where if this guy was anywhere else, just not backing up the best skill player in the country and B. John Robinson, right. what would he have done on a college football field on a consistent basis? He gets out here. He weighs 225 pounds. He's a locomotive going north and south. You get him going down the tracks, and he's an absolute steamroller. I loved even during light contact. He was just looking to punch DBs in the face. He was looking to finish runs. He looked very polished in pass protection. He's just a guy that appears to be very well coached up, has a different kind of switch on the field. He has the build to be an NFL runner and more. I love him. I love him. I love what I saw. I like this. And I think this is an event where I find it very difficult for linebackers and running backs to shine. They can have a good week, but to be a standout. I I think one of the rare cases was last year with Damian Pierce because maybe a little bit of a similar situation. Damian Pierce was not this workhorse back in college. He gets out here and thank you, you for reminding all, me. 
Sorry, I have to dig it in on every once in a while on this show. <laughs> Can't imagine why he wasn't. Pretty good player. Uh, all three phases of playing the running back position, as I always say, and you need to check two of the three boxes, running at a higher level, catching at a high level, pass protecting at a high level. I, I saw, you know, Roshan Johnson out here yesterday, and it looks like he could do all three. And he just feels like one of those guys who'll get drafted in the fourth or fifth round. He'll be on a roster. Somebody will get hurt. He'll step in, and he'll be a really, really good NFL player. So really nice day one for him. Yeah, I didn't watch a ton of the uh, the running backs and the linebackers. You kind of just got to pick and choose. And I I think throughout the week, I, I rotate on a lot of those guys just so Same. I can get some thoughts on them. But uh, you took a look at him, and I'm, get, I'm glad that you gave him a shout-out because you're right. There are a lot of people who have listened to this show who have DM'd us or, like you said, the YouTube comments, especially where people are pumping up Rochelle Johnson. They want us to get some more looks of him. I, I, I do want to point this out. Chase Brown did not have the best day yesterday. And I'm really hoping I see a good bounce back from him because something about mobile and everybody always asks, okay, well, what's the, you know, what's the, the allure of, of coming to this event? Like, what does it do for these prospects? And something that I always answer with is you are putting guys in unfamiliar situations. You're getting them away from their comfortable coaching staffs, schemes that they may have played in for the last two, three, four years, uh, players that they would have played around that they have confidence in. Can you drop this player in an unfamiliar environment and can their talent show out? And Chase Brown is somebody who I was really looking forward to seeing here this week because I like him a lot. He's RB6 for me. He's borderline top five running back for me. You know, I just Mm -hmm. love the mentality that he plays with. Uh, and, And to his defense, it's hard for a guy like him to stand out because, Connor, what does he win with? Contact balance, breaking tackles, mm-hmm. things like that. And it's just yeah, obviously you're in practice. You can't really do that as much here. But I think he had three fumbles yesterday, and he just kind of looked out of sorts. And I was a little disappointed yeah. from that. But I'm hoping he has a major bounce back day because I still got really high hopes for Chase Brown. But I did want to note that because we're, we're noting, obviously, a lot of the positives and, and everything that we kind of saw. Well, I'll, I'll jump day. in on one then, too. I mean, if we want to throw around guys that we want to see bounce back. And I think you and I are really good at this show. I I personally don't like seeing tweets after a two hour practice in Mobile, Alabama, calling guys losers. I, I mean, that's just I know. I, I, I just don't I just don't like that. You can know it, if they didn't have a good day, but yes. yeah. But to just completely write them off, I mean, when they've had an entire college career. So this is kind of our we'd like to see them bounce back. Jaron Hall needs to have a better day out here. And it's yeah. not nobody's expecting Jaron Hall to be this NFL starter. Nobody's expecting Jaron Hall to be drafted, in my opinion, in the first four or five rounds. Um he came in around six feet tall. He's somebody that is an athlete and has a big arm, and he just didn't look comfortable. He didn't look comfortable. Timing, accuracy, and if you don't have timing or accuracy and you're a smaller guy, it's just really, really tough out here. And I think the trickle effect that had on a lot of wide receivers that were having good reps but missing throws, you know, it's a little, and you could say this about all the quarterbacks here, but Hall was a guy for me that I thought could have had a better day. Yeah, yeah. And, and, kind of, Hall, to me, when I watched him yesterday, it was simply just, he was a little bit hesitant. Like, he was a little bit gun-shy. And it goes back to what we mm-hmm. talked about at the top of the podcast, where you're just looking to gain a little bit more confidence, right? I, I saw some zip. I've seen some arm strength from him, right? I, yeah. You just need him to step into that throw a little more. I feel like when Jaron Hall was missing throws, he was missing him a little bit short. Like, he was short-arming him because he wasn't as confident that maybe the receiver was going to be where he was. And it's hard to expect that. But would love to see a major bounce-back day from Jaron Hall because – it's man, it is open season for who is going to be the top quarterback from this group that we saw. I think Max Duggan kind of has the lead right now, just because when we were watching the end of that second practice, he started to show that confidence. Like he's, uh, he, 
specifically, he had a frontside dig route, like so well-timed right in between the defense, about 20 yards down the field. And I was like, okay, you ripped that throw. That's a confident throw that's in between coverage. And he had a couple more of those where he was, he was willing to dare the defense to go make a play on the football. And so those are the things that you love to see. Would love to see a bounce back day from Hall, no doubt about it. But quarterback is one of those positions that I think gets better as the week goes on. So we'll, we'll be sure to check back on right. him and the rest right. of that quarterback class. I, I um, remember getting down here and a guy that had a pretty brutal first day thrown in the wind was Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is in the Super Bowl and was an MVP candidate this year. What a poll. What a poll there. Senior uh, Senior Bowl loser day one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what about another player? Who else you got that you liked who really stood out to you in a good way? Let's get in the trenches on the offensive line. Let's side. do I, it. I think the three premier players, maybe four, I'll throw in the fourth, but the, I didn't get to watch enough of number four. The three premier players coming into this were uh, Darnell Wright, the right tackle from Tennessee, who had a really, yes. really good year and is battle-tested, battle-tested. You want to talk about when you turn on a film and you get to see Darnell Wright against Will Anderson, Ojolari, Brian Brzee. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I can get a good idea. This guy's already seen it, what he's going to see at the next level. John Michael Schmitz, the center from Minnesota, who to me has looked like the top center in this draft class, and um, Dewan Jones from Ohio State, who I think I've been a little lower on because I do question how his movement ability is going to be at the next level, despite him being an absolute skyscraper, a mammoth of a human being. And then the last one that, once again, admittedly, I didn't get to see enough of yesterday, but I had high hopes for coming into this event, and I'll watch him today, is uh, Osiris, Osiris Torrance um, mm-hmm. from Florida. So... I thought these it's funny when you get into an environment that's against you, right? Trevor, you're looking at it one-on-ones, the offensive line. It's not really a good environment for these guys. And these guys competed over and over again. And they saw players like Will McDonald's, a lot of different talents that are really, really tough to block. You had Andre Carter on the other side rushing. You had Keon White. I thought the offensive linemen came, they battled, they competed, even when they my opinion, tied a rep. I saw a lot of people calling it a loss rep. I saw the coaches even call it a couple of loss reps. Then they would win the next one. And they just looked like players that solidified exactly what we thought about them. When you look at right, he was so comfortable at moving back to right tackle this year. And he's a tough guy. When he gets his hands on you, he just battles through the reps. Same with John Michael Schmitz. He, he understands hand placement and he's so strong and his compete level is so high in this environment. Yes. It's exactly what you saw on film. And it's fun to watch in person in this environment. And I thought Jones just had a, a very complete day for a guy that in this environment where that outside speed is probably going to be open. You know, you could beat him that way. He looked mm-hmm. comfortable. His feet looked fine. So I think the top off, and then on the flip side, a lot of the small school offensive linemen did not look good here, to be completely honest with you. I didn't think it was Cody Mock's best day. I didn't think it was, a lot of the smaller school oh, offensive man. linemen did not have great days, while the top guys looked like they've been here before, and they were kind of mm. like, yeah, I'm solidifying myself as at least a day two player. Honestly, all three of the guys I mentioned are probably sitting pretty pretty nicely in the middle of the second round right now. Okay, I got I got takes on I got takes on all of these guys because I watched a decent amount of them yesterday. Wait, but Cody, you had a reaction to Cody Mock. Was that just the small school offensive lineman struggling, or did you see something a little different? So I was a little more encouraged with Cody Mock's day, okay. and what I was intrigued with with him is I, we mentioned this on this podcast before, but for people who might be watching for the first time, this is the North Dakota State offensive lineman who came into North Dakota State as a walk on tight end. Threw on about 60, 70 pounds over the course of, I think, two years, and they ended up moving him to tackle. 
So he's played trade, a te- trade of teeth for pounds. He did because he didn't have two front teeth, and that makes he's him pretty, uh, he's, even. He's pretty awesome. It's just, I, I hope <laughs> yeah, he has a really he good is. week out here. No, he is. Yeah, I, I think that he is. Uh, that, that a lot of people are going to love him when they interview him. They're going to be like, "This is an offensive lineman right here. He's got the like the long red hair, the long bizarro red beard, Ryan like, Jensen." Yeah. He's, yes, I mean it's just like two a t it feels like, but so he was offense in offensive tackle, and obviously like tight end converted offensive tackle, you would figure wins off of superior athleticism, has better movement skills because he was playing that skill position. Then he goes to the trenches. He actually graded out better as a run blocker than he did a pass blocker this past year, but he's still trying to round it out and figure it out. They had him lined up at guard here this week for day, at least for day one, and I think that's because. He doesn't really have ideal measurables when it comes to arm length. You know, I think that people look at his um, his length and his wingspan and say, okay, this is more of a guard. So they mm-hmm. put him at guard because of his measurables. But, Connor, he's still only about 300, 305 pounds. Interior that, offensive a, lineman, you got to beat that take. up. You know, it's like, a tough you gotta, situation. Yeah, you got to be like 315, 325, something like that, especially at the NFL level. There's just not a lot of guys that are sub 310 that are playing on interior – and are playing it well. So where I do think there were a couple of reps, especially at the immediate contact point where he was losing with strength initially, I thought he reworked his hands very well. I thought he anchored for about as well as you could ask a 300-pound interior offensive lineman to. And I think that, no, it wasn't a dominant day from Cody Mock, but I was actually encouraged because I thought he was just going to be overwhelmed at guard, and he wasn't. It was a little up and down from him, but I thought he recovered really well. And from the really things that you, that you would want to see from him while he's still at 300 pounds, he he, he kind of showed you. So that's why that's why I kind of was like, man, I, I, I was encouraged a little bit more on his day one than, than you were. So that was just my take on Mock. No, and those guys I, I think are absolutely the players that you look into trying to uh, get comfortable throughout the week, right? Where you're going, okay, this is – little different than being out mm-hmm. on the FCS field. You're going up against the likes of SEC yes. defensive linemen. So yes. I think that's really fair um, as a whole, and, and those guys will get more comfortable as the week goes on. Yeah, I'll just give some of my thoughts on some of the other offensive linemen that you mentioned yeah. uh, before we maybe flip over to the defensive line because I got at least one guy that I want to shout mm-hmm. out in a big way. Darnell Wright's awesome. I-, I think that he feels like the most – I shouldn't say the most one of the most slept on offensive tackles in this class. I think I that agree. everybody, I think that everybody looks at Darnell, right. And they've used the, you know, the PFF mock draft simulator and they've been able to get Darnell, right. In like the beginning of the second round. And I think everybody's just like, okay with that. They're like, Oh yeah. Like Darnell, right. Like great. Like early second round pick. He's better than that. I think he's a top 25 mm. pick. I really do. In I, this I think class, he is a, yeah. I think he is a top 25 pick in this draft. I think he is a guy who should absolutely go in the first round with the rest of the class as we're watching. And he's just really great. I mean, like, yes, there are times when his over-aggressive physical mentality can kind of get him caught a little bit. You know, offensive linemen can um, really counter if they plan it right when he's going to strike. Because the thing about Darnell Wright, and I, I, I got a rep and I tweeted it out, if you guys want to see it, that I love, but it uh, can also get him in trouble a little bit. He loves to take the fight two pass rushers when they're coming up to him instead of always just you know being a little bit more passive getting to your spot setting up getting the hands where they should be and whenever the defensive lineman goes to do their pass rush move you're countering it there was one time specifically and i've seen this in his tennessee tape where 
edge rushers coming right at him. And you can see it's like the step before they get into whatever move they're going to do. Darnell Wright just takes one of his hands and just boom, like straight to the chest or straight to the shoulder. And these, these pass rushers are like, wait, okay, uh, now I don't know what to do. And Darnell Wright just at that point just gets straight into him, dominates the rep after that. So the yeah. physical mentality you absolutely love. And like you said, Connor, he's so battle-tested. He's got the tape against some of the best pass rushers that he could have faced in the Three class years. and fared really well. I think he's going to be a big winner from this week. And I just feel like the people that are like, oh, yeah, Darnell Wright, you know, like uh, early second-round offensive tackle. Why? I Why? like that tape. You, he's a first-round offensive tackle, in my opinion. So I, that's that's kind of where I am with Darnell Wright. Well, I think he's a hell of a lot better than a lot of guys I'm seeing in the back end of round one mock draft. So even if he grades out as a second-round player in this class, that is a first-round player because of the position he plays. And I think he – it feels like he gets overlooked because he's a right tackle, which is really dumb. Honestly, yes. it's really, 100%. really dumb. He, he moved back from left tackle in uh, – this year to the right side where he's just more comfortable and get on the Tennessee staff realizing that. And a lot of teams like their right tackle to be the big ugly mauler that, like you said, comes out of the corner, like Mike Tyson. It's like, Mm -hmm. all right, here comes the right hook. Let's see how you react rather than I'm going to wait for you and counter punch. He's not a counter puncher. Like you said, I think he can be, I think we saw some, uh, some interesting rushes yesterday. I feel like he had Will McDonald a couple times. In practice, I want to say, and I want to make sure I'm not missing up, uh, mixing up one on ones. Will but got thought, him once. Will, that was Eddie, the one, the one rep where he got, he got, he got beat was McDonald, I think. And even that one was a situation where it's like, if the quarterback shuffled one foot to his right, it wasn't he, like right. he, he was, he wasn't like beat, like whoa, like he fell, he guessed wrong, he kind of got beat on a counter, and I believe it was to the inside. If I remember the exact rep we're talking about, mm. and the coaches did. They like kind of signal a win. Sometimes you could you can hear it, you could see around it. And I, I looked around a couple of people around me, and I was like, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where you're just like, oh, okay. So I, you're right. It was good to see that kind of battle. Um, God, before we close out here, I want to make sure we get through everything we possibly can. Was there anybody that you, you know, that jumped out to you that I know you brought up the Stanford wide receiver, but that you didn't know a lot about, or you haven't seen get a lot of love? Or you're like, okay, that was a solid day. Let's see what you could build on for the next two days where you were kind of not a nobody, but a very under-radar prospect that can move up here. I didn't really know anything about Julius Brents, the cornerback from Kansas State. And he's he massive. Measures, he measures in at six foot three, two hundred pounds. And I thought, you know, at this event, you know, when you're a bigger, longer corner, you don't want you don't want to have reps where you're getting beat on tape just because the whole event is televised people are sitting there with their phones or you know yeah. like and so with a lot of these guys when you are a bigger corner and you win with length you're gonna hold a lot right i mean like you're just gonna hold on to these players you're gonna make it so you don't have any bad reps out there and a lot of times you can just come away you look grabby overly physical dude brent's looked patient he looked fluid the hips were moving pretty well and yeah. he was patient with those long arms and that big size i was super impressed with him only saw a handful of reps but man i thought those are very impressive tyreek stevenson who i believe daniel jeremiah had at the back end of his first round mock he did Um, yeah and i mean like i thought stevenson had a really nice day aggressive day like there were some times when he was like undercutting routes and taking passes on where the wide receiver was going to go and at times you watch that route and you go Holy cow, you couldn't have played it better. This is this is almost like a pick six, what he was doing. But then, of course, there are a couple of other times where if you hit him with a little bit of a double move or if you're able to fool him and he guesses wrong, then, of course, he's losing that rap. So 
aggressive day for Tyreek Stevenson. I think he gave you a great intro into what he could be as a corner, but man, this corner class just gets better. The longer we do this, the more names that we get to know, the more tape that we get to see on this with these guys. And Connor, I really think the corner is, is going to be the strength of the 2023 NFL draft class. I'm with you. It looks like we have two top 15 locks in Witherspoon and Gonzalez. You have Porter in the mix after that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You get into, you know, Deontay Banks, Cam Smith, Keely Ringo. Um, like you said, Brent's is a fascinating player. I had him circled on my radar because I knew he was going to get Quentin eventually when they played TCU. So, and, and when you looked at the corner list, he's just a really exciting guy that's been on the senior bowl roster for a while now. He was an early accepted invite. Let me close out with this because I think at the senior bowl, you can try to find also like rotational talents that you look at and go, and we've talked about one of these guys. How about the Alabama defensive lineman in both Byron Young and DJ Dale? If, Alabama defensive linemen are so well coached with their hands. They have an elite strength program. I thought both of these guys got down here. And what you saw from them is guys that are just kind of bullies in the trenches that understand the assignment. It doesn't feel like either of them ever win with flash, but you know, when you put the pads on in an NFL training camp, they're never going to look lost. They're never going to get washed out of plays. So in an interior D line class that let's be real we had this conversation all the time. You got the blue chip at the top in Jalen Carter. You have the uh, fascinating pass rush type that's undersized in Kalaja Kansi. You have the great hope that is Brian Brzee and Siaki Ika. Keanu Benton, I believe, had an injury here yesterday. I did see one really nice rep from him, but I believe he, he had to step out. He was good, though. I thought, it, I thought he looked really, really good. Yes, yes. Really, major, really good. Major standout player when he was I, out there, 100%. I don't know if he's going to be back. This week, I need to keep an eye on check on where that went. But I, I, I saw one rep that. from I saw one rep from him that, in my opinion, was the one maybe the best win of the day, especially mm-hmm. at his size. And then after that, Trevor, you're looking for guys that could just play if they could hold up against the run, if they can get on the field in the pass rushing role. I thought both Alabama guys, not shocking, but they'll be overlooked. They'll be taken in rounds three to five, and honestly, they'll hang on in the D line rotation for a long time at the NFL level. Yeah, the last guy I was going to mention was Keanu Benton before we got out of here because from what I saw of him, I missed the injury. If he got in, if he got in, injured and he left, I missed that. But uh, I want to make sure man, I'm he not looked, mixing it up. He did look good, man. You know, we talked about him on the interior defensive line episode. You know, Shade knows, but he's he's a lot more than just a run stuffer. He was really worked on his pass rush profile this year, and um, and I think that that definitely that definitely showed on day one of. of uh, of the senior bowl. So uh, while he you got, check, he got Cody mock really good. That's the rep. I think I was thinking of, was it mock oh, Ben? No. He got him. He got him oh, once, no. but he got, he got everybody. It wasn't even, he did. I mean, he got everybody. So, all right. Well, I, maybe, maybe you can still look up that status before we get out of here. But I think he's okay. Do... I think okay, he's okay. Good. I don't know why. I, th- I don't You see guys go to the sidelines sometimes in this drill and you're like, are they giving him a breather? Are they hurt? Like what's going on? Or are they just like, trying to work other guys in after they whoop everyone's ass for an hour. <laughs> Look, some guys just need a breather, you know, ass whooping, you know, it takes, it takes a lot out of you. You need some extra water. You need to stretch it out a little bit. You know, when you're dominating like that, maybe you just got to take a little bit of a breather. Uh, folks, are you guys ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all of the Super Bowl action that you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 
6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern to see what prop bets are going to be boosted on the game. I have uh, I have benefited very well from some of these boosted bets in the past, so you know that I'm going to get on in on this as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code PFF. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code PFF. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Uh, any parting words before we get out of here, Connor? This is good, man. I, this is this is this is fun. This is therapeutic. Talk, telling the people about the scouting notes, man. I loved it. I love this time of year. This is one of my favorite weeks in the calendar, man. I'm so excited for these next two days. Me too. Me and Trevor were out last night uh, with friends. Uh, no surprise down here in Mobile, Alabama, and we kind of looked at each other and we're like. What do you want to do tomorrow? And I was like, dude, let's just sit down and talk for 40 minutes. We'll talk, talk about ball. day one, talk, talk ball, ball, because, you know, we, you and I really didn't get to catch up a ton on purpose. I think it's better that we do, save it for the show, save it for the podcast. Yeah. And then full transparency for everybody. This was an open format show today because you got one practice for each team in the books. And I think they're mm-hmm. going to be full throttle on Wednesday, as it usually goes. For those that don't know, Senior Bowl usually Tuesdays, okay. Wednesday's usually full throttle Thursday, depending on the coaching staff. I've seen years where they just walk through the entire time. I've seen years where they go 120 miles an hour. So you never know what you're getting on Thursday. We are going to record a show Friday with superlative categories to give you guys a better picture of what went on in practice. Our favorite players. It could be our favorite rep, our favorite performance. It could be our guy that we are circling back to the film and now have significant questions about or fears about. And you know what? Get in the comments and let us know what superlatives you're interested in. They could be funny. They could be very serious, but that will be Friday's show that will be ready for you guys all weekend. You can also circle back to it Monday um, Mm -hmm. and we will do a full traditional senior bowl recap. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're going to make sure that we get all the notes in there. If we have time, we talked about it earlier this morning. Actually, if we have time, we'd love to give you guys a bonus episode just for yeah. day two of practice. Yep. But um, we'll see if we can work that. So we're trying to give you guys as much content as possible, as much thoughts as possible. We know you guys are filling out your scouting notebooks and your scouting reports as well. And um, we've already heard from so many of you, even already this week. Shoot, I, there's so many people who we even talked to yesterday who got to come up to us and tell us they love to listen to NFL Stock Really nice. Podcast. Really nice. Y'all, I, that just, it, it means the world. It's so cool. It's why these events are so great because we get to meet so many of you guys as well. So we appreciate it so much that you guys came up, said hello. Um, just the kind words about the podcast. It just, it, it means a ton. And it's always fun getting to hear from you guys. And we say it all the time. This podcast is a draft community. It's not just the two of us talking to everybody else. It's all of us talking with each other. That's what makes the draft so much fun. So maybe until Friday or maybe until the bonus episode that we might we be usually able to find for, a way uh, maybe, for day two. Maybe we do it uh, in the middle of pool and shuffleboard tonight we just fire up the phones and be like all right here's your day two winners we'll, we'll find a way we always a couple of to- beers in we might have to put that behind a paywall actually if we uh if we want premium dr- drunk- no ads taylor heineke <laughs> drunken senior bowl thoughts buzzed senior bowl thoughts yeah number Trevor. one overall Send we'll it. figure it out. We promise no matter how it comes to you, we'll be giving you wall-to-wall coverage of everything that we see here in Mobile, Alabama. Appreciate you guys for listening. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you all for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. See you guys next time.